0: and welcome to sustainably geeky episode four. We are going to be talking about water conservation today, and I am joined by our regular cast. Um, I'm Jennifer. Uh, Stefan is here. Hey, everybody. Uh, Jen is here and uh. Chris all the way in Canada. So, um, like I said, we're going to be talking about water conservation and, uh, this episode is just kind of to focus on why it's important, what it means and ways that the everyday person can conserve water. Um, so I think that a lot of people have the misconception that because the world is covered in water and you know, over 70% of the planet is covered in water that we don't need to be careful with that resource and that we can just use it um, indiscriminately and it'll always come back to us. Uh, but, The reason we need to be careful and try to conserve, um, well, one of the many reasons is that um, most of that water is actually salt water and it's not usable for consumption or for most of the things that we would, you know, need it for um, in everyday life. So, um, you know, that leaves us with a very small amount that we can actually use. in our house. And that means that every drop that we, we use, uh, may or may not end up back in a place where we can actually, uh, get benefit from it. So, um, yeah, did anyone else have anything, want to say anything else about that before we kind of move into, you know, how you can conserve back
1: off of what you were mentioning? Um, I think if, my information still correct it's about 3% of the water we have on the planet is actually fresh water and 1% is actually drinkable so that kind of puts it a little bit in perspective
0: yeah and that leaves a very very small amount like we were saying um and and you can uh you can take the salt out of the water but it's a very mm-hmm. expensive process it's very difficult, and to transport it to the people that need it makes it really uneconomical um, on, in, in a big scale. At least right now, until scientists come up with a better way to to do that, I think. Um, Chris yeah, or Stefan, also, anything to add?
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I, I mean, I think if anyone is wondering whether what's being proposed is. Drinking less water, the answer is no. No, drinking water is great. Drink as much water as you need to and want to. The issue is more how we use um, fresh water for other uses that may not be you know, very important and other ways that we can conserve that.
0: Exactly. And, um, you know, we, we the main way that we use it is we consume it, you know, drink it, and we cook with it, but also we water plants with it. And you can't water plants with salt water. Salt tends to kill crops. That's kind of what people put in the earth to to make things stop growing. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of reasons to conserve what we have. And uh, there's a lot of things that, are, that can cause, you know, water to be undrinkable, not just being salt water, but being polluted, being um, inaccessible or et cetera, et cetera. There's political things that go into it. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we use it for so much and there's so many little things that we do that add up, um, especially with the population growing as much as it is that we've got to be more and more careful with every drop that we have now. So um, with that, we'll kind of start talking about, I guess, things that we can do to make a difference. And um, does anyone have anything, you know, they want to jump in with first?
3: Um, I'll go. <laughs> okay. Uh The easiest one for me to, to get everybody in my household on board was, was just shutting off the water when you're brushing your teeth. A lot of people yeah. just keep it on and just run it under and brush, run it under and brush and then it keeps going. But if they just, you know, wet your toothbrush or even better, if you wanted to, some people think it's gross. If you just grab a cup and fill it up and then just use that without turning on and on the faucet. I do that too. <laughs> I do that when we're camping. Um, but yeah, just turning off the faucet when you're brushing your teeth saves a lot of water. Even though it's such a short, it's only two minutes you're supposed to brush your teeth, but it does waste mm-hmm. a lot of water when you're keeping the um, faucet on.
2: Yeah, and just to kind of follow up on that, speaking of morning routines. You actually stole mine, Chris, so that's good. I'm (laughs)
3: sorry.
2: No, that's great. And yeah, and then like, let's say, and going with this theme, you brush your teeth and now you're like, I want to get nice and clean. So you hop in the shower. So I think um, one simple thing people can do that doesn't require purchasing any gadget or anything is just to take shorter showers, you know, not necessarily, I mean, a person doesn't have to like, go crazy, but I mean, even just deciding, okay, I'm not going to stand under the shower head and just luxuriate for 15 minutes in the hot water. I know it feels wonderful, it feels great, but um, that's just a simple way that we can cut down on our water use
3: too. I read a really great thing on Instagram about that today. Um, just as a timer, you bring your cell phone in or whatever that plays music and make your shower three song, two to three songs long. And then once you finish mm-hmm. that last song, then your shower's done. Because that'll be like... Great idea. It says, well, it depends on how long the song is. Like nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <America laughs> yeah. yeah, Unless it's American Pie and like Bohemian Rhapsody back to back again.
1: We do a lot of uh, outreach and education at the schools. And one of the things we used to hand out as a giveaway was a shower timer. And it was just mm. like a little thing that had a suction cup on it and they could stick it in their shower with you know when they were in there and it was kind of almost a game and so they got excited about trying to to beat the clock (laughs) get in and out of the shower (laughs) uh before it would you know buzz
0: that's pretty cool i like that especially with kids i think if you make Mm -hmm. it a game they're more likely to do it like with the brushing the teeth i know there's like a timer for that so you could easily bring that into you know taking a shower or bath or whatever. So yeah, I also that's a just kind of
1: wanted to throw out, um, the majority of the water that you use in your household or the average American, if you will, is they, they use the most of their water on irrigation. So just keeping a green grass all year long. Yeah. And I know that's a big culture here in Texas. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, if you can just try to promote zero escaping, you know, it, it's very popular in in the desert where you just have rocks and plants and cactus and it still looks wonderful. Um, and you don't have to worry about watering your lawn all the time and spending money on that.
0: Yeah, and it also, if you use native plants along with that, it uses less water. If you try to bring in all these plants that aren't from your climate, you're going to have to water them more. You're going to use more water that way. Um, on the same token, um, if you are going to water your lawn and, you know, keep that beautiful lush green grass, don't do it in the middle of the day. (laughs) Um, when it's hottest, I, I go crazy when I drive by businesses and houses that have the sprinkler on, you know, the dead of the day with the sun right overhead. Um, for one thing, the water evaporates so Hardly any of it gets to the plants and, and also it can burn the plants when it's going in there and, and the sun's shining directly on it. Um, so that's a big one that, you know, a lot of people do. And if you do have a sprinkler, make sure it's actually going in your lawn and not watering the sidewalk. <laughs> Cause that's another thing I see a lot is just watering the pavement. And obviously the pavement is not permeable. So all the water just runs off and gets wasted. Um,
1: Yeah. There's some native, uh, plant and grass species that do really well in Texas for our climate. So if anyone's interested in putting in new grass or plants, those lists are all online and, um, just kind of piggybacking on you again, I think if you water at like four or 5am, that's typically the best time for your grass and it will absorb the most Mm -hmm. water as well. Yeah.
2: And i read up a little bit on this recently, only because we're thinking about landscaping our, our front yard and um, we've looked into xeriscaping, which would be awesome. And however, if somebody really loves just that lush green lawn, then like you said, Jen, buying a, a grass that's native to Texas that can withstand drought is the ideal. And then on top of that, um, people actually have to water their lawns a lot less frequently than, than they think. Like for example, I think my parents mm-hmm. grew up in the generation where they just assumed that they had to turn on the sprinklers every single morning. But what I found out is actually that's bad for the grass, Is that you have to give them a few days for the roots to uh, go down deep into the ground to seek out water. And that actually contributes to um, stronger, healthier grass. So, what I've found just in my research online is like people need to water their lawns more than twice a week, even if that sometimes even once a week. Um,
3: Yeah, the longer, yeah, if you do it for longer periods of time, like you were, it's like with when you're planting trees and things like that, you don't water the tree every single day once you plant it, you give it a good long drink. Um, once a week, so that it encourages the roots to grow down. So it makes it stronger. It's the same with grass and, and any plant. You only need to water it really well once a week, and that will make it healthier. And then you have plants that are more hardier and more resistant when it doesn't rain.
1: And one thing I learned too is um, we also would hand out these little rain gauges, they're just these tiny little squares. It's one cubic square inch, and it'll let you know when you've had one inch of water on your lawn, whether it was a rain event or from your sprinkler system. So that would let you know that you only need to you know, have your system on for a certain amount of time because everyone's sprinklers are a little bit different, and they never really know how long they should leave that system on. And it's typically about 45 minutes, but it could be a little bit more or less. So that that little rain gauge is something great. You can just stick in, stick in your grass, and once you see that it's full, then you know, okay, I've timed it and I only need to have my water on for 30 minutes once or twice a week depending on the climate and what's going on. And if you've had a rain event, then you don't have to
0: turn Mm -hmm. it on at all. Mm -hmm. That's a great point because you do see a lot of sprinklers running when it's raining or right after rain because they don't have any uh, system set up or they just don't pay attention. Um, And I get it. Once in a while, you know, you'll miss. But but you could save a lot of money too just by not – if it rains, that's free. You know, you, you just watered your lawn for free. So why do it double? Um, you know, something else people can do, and and this may not be feasible for everyone, but collecting rainwater mm-hmm. um, and collecting gray water, which is the water from your house that, you know, you can't reuse for drinking, but you can reuse to water your lawn. That's a great option too. Um, and I know in our area, there's a lot of organizations that do free classes to build your own rain barrel, um, go to Lowe's or home Depot or something similar to buy one and set it up. But, um, that's something that a lot of people are doing now to help, you know, keep their bill down and still keep that nice green grass going.
2: Thanks
3: for Do being any of y'all
0: have experience with that or.
2: I was actually going to ask you guys, cause I don't like I've, heard a lot about rain barrels and stuff, but to my own shame, I haven't really investigated it find out exactly how it's used practically. So I'd like to hear your experiences on how those are used.
1: We've installed some rainwater harvesting tanks on Fort Hood, um, just on some of our office buildings. And those are probably much larger scale than, you know, <laughs> what you would do in your house, but... In general, um, you know, if you have a gutter system, then you would just put that downspout into the the top of your rain barrel, and they sell them at you know the stores and stuff. But um, we've also connected those to like a weather station, so if you've had a rain event, it won't turn on, and it kind of gives like a feedback loop to that system. Obviously, it costs a little bit more, but if you're really interested in it, um, there are some cost effective ways to do that as well. But um, you can sometimes connect. So you connect the rainwater harvesting tank to a sprinkler system. You can also connect it to drip irrigation. So if you have zero your lawn, you don't need to have sprinklers. You can just buy the, it's just the tubing and you can put holes in it wherever your plants are. And it slowly releases water into those plants. But we've, we've been pretty happy with the, with the rainwater harvesting and, um, we actually had some massive rain events when we first <laughs> installed them. So they were kind of overflowing at a certain point, but yeah, I think the folks we know that use them at their homes, they, they seem to be really happy with them.
0: And it's great. for that's your awesome. plants. I've seen like articles about how to build your own out of a big garbage container or other I- items. So if you're interested in making your own, that's a, there's a way to do that. But, um, you know, you can also, like she said, buy them fully made, and they're relatively easy to hook up. I believe if you have a gutter system, especially, and, and usually they have a spout, like or a spigot that you can turn on and off to apply, you know, or fill up your your pail or whatever. So, um, I ha- I don't have gutters on my house, and yeah, I don't have that set up yet, but someday. <laughs> so
1: the way that our house is designed, whenever it rains, uh, we don't have. Like rain gutters on all edges of the roof, but when it does rain, it kind of water falls over the edge and it lands in this koi and goldfish pond that we have. So I don't have to put chlorine, you know, water in there and dechlorinate it and keep the fish alive. It's just kind of my little zen oasis out there, but every time we get rain. (laughs) it just goes straight from the roof, like right in there. So um, it works out pretty nice. That's my own version of Rainwater Harps.
2: (laughs) So (laughs) are you one of those people that actually does the things that you see on Pinterest and YouTube?
1: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, so we're also on a septic system out here. So I don't, I don't use potable water to water the grass, you know, everything we use and the house ends up going out of the septic tank and sprays on the grass and everything. So so yeah, it's kind of nice to not have like an expensive water bill. It's typically thirty bucks a month for us and we have a pretty decent sized house. Nice.
0: That's cool. I will say I don't I've never had a rain system like that. I did try collecting water in just a garbage pail and that didn't work out because animals tend to get in that and then you have to deal with yeah, so don't do that. <laughs> don't take the shortcut. Should go without saying, but I thought what could happen. I'm just gonna put it in this bucket. So,
2: but hey, you um, made an effort.
0: I did, but I oh, yeah. unfortunately killed a couple of birds and you know a little critters oh. So because they they drowned in it and yeah, it was gross. What uh-huh. dear?
2: Oh, so is that why bird <laughs> baths are so shallow? No, that's good. No, I honestly didn't know that. Yeah,
0: well, there was a bird. There was, I think, like a raccoon at one point. I don't know. I couldn't tell what it was. had to call animal control. Anyways, it was gross. Um, (laughs) I had something else about yards. Oh, um, so not directly, like, related to your conservation, like, for your use. Um, Kind of an indirect one, I guess. But when you cut your grass or you do yard work, um, don't let the brush just wash away into the street because then it goes into the sewer system and it can contaminate and, um, you know, pollute the water supply. Because that a lot of, depending on your city, a lot of times will end up back in the, the, uh, the lakes or the rivers or whatever. And that's not always good because we put chemicals in our yard and we put, you know, animal waste gets in there. So, um, just being cognizant of the water quality, you know, from that, because um, that all ends up back in your your house, and then you have to treat the water even more, and it's a big thing. So, um. speaking about the lake,
1: <laughs> I just got recent numbers, and I think despite all our recent rain events that we've had, which were amazing because we hadn't had rain in a while. I think we're still about four feet below our conservation level at Lake Belton, oh, wow. which is where we get our drinking water for pretty much all the cities around us in the region. Um so just keep that in mind. Don't don't be wasteful and um keep a keep a lookout on what our water <laughs> levels are before you start uh, you know, washing your car in the driveway or whatever.
2: Cities yeah. cities typically um uh, that you know, have a have an integrated water system. Uh, they typically kind of uh, separate out water for, I guess, I don't know if they could, maybe they can't. Water for drinking versus water for other uses like Uh-oh. irrigation or whatever, shower. You know. I don't know. No,
1: They're probably not, not right? <laughs> Yeah. There's just one water pipe that comes out of the lake, and you can see it if you go around the lake. There's a couple. That, I think one goes up north to Gatesville, and one comes to um, temple Belton area, maybe even to Salado get – I don't know if Salado gets Temple uh, or uh, sure. lake water or not.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I know I'm, yeah, yeah there's just the these website. big,
1: huge pipes that suck the water out, mm-hmm. and they treat it with chemicals like – fluoride and chlorine and all that loveliness so um <laughs> I think I showed it on a previous show but I bought a Berkey it's like a water filtration system so you're not always buying you know bottled water or trusting what's in your tap water Uh so that's just something to think about too but I, I always think like if I need to if that water pipe goes out of business, I can just get water from the lake and put it in my Berkey because it is like one of the best filtration systems out there. Yeah.
0: Google awesome. it. Okay, so <laughs> so the good. moral is even if you're, you've had a lot of rain in your community, no matter where you are, if you were previously in a drought, you probably still don't have enough water or you need to check. Don't assume because you could have started out severely low and the rain may not have completely replenished your water supply.
1: We also have a water master that's been assigned to our region. And so all the cities and Fort Hood have to meet regularly with the water master. It's a new title that they've come up with. Mm. And I guess he kind of helps he or she regulates, you know, water use and water rights and all of that is going to continue to be, um, a subject that we need to pay attention to, as we continue to grow and our population increases, and the need to irrigate for growing our food and all those things—you know—they they have to balance all of that out. So, um, pay attention to what's going on in politics with all of that as well.
2: I used to be a webmaster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't think it's well. Quite now the you same. can be a watermaster. a new <laughs> thing, apparently. I just picture like a wizard that has water gushing around him. Like how cool would that be? I know, right? All right. Anything else with uh, yards or the outdoors or, you know, anything related to that that y'all can think of? I know there's tons of things, but, you know, for for the moment, do we want to delve into any other?
2: I mean, the one last thing I would mention, and maybe this is obvious to most people, um, just a small thing, and that is to get a um, like a uh, adapter. I can't think of the word right now. But if you put on the end of your hose, if you use your hose in your yard very often, just get one of those things that you, know, you can. When you're not squeezing it. There's no water coming out. You have to squeeze it to whatever those are
0: called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I a nozzle, or like a yeah a nozzle. That's a the nozzle word. or a sprayer. I don't know. Yeah. Very good point. All right. Well, uh, let's move indoors for a little bit. And, and we kind of started out talking about, you know, ways to conserve in the bathroom. Um, I think in a previous show, we we mentioned putting something, a, a bottle filled with rocks in your toilet tank um, to take up space, basically, so you use less water when you flush. Um and we've also talked about flushing less if you're, you know, okay with that. Some people can't do that. But, um, you know, and there's there's toilets that are lower, that, that use less water or that half flush. You know, they do less water if you go number one and they are more water if you go number two. And you can kind of select that. So, um, you know, if you're in the market to get new appliances, look into those things because those can save you money in the long run because you're using less water.
2: Yeah, no question. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, I think you had mentioned using the aerators on all of the sinks, right?
2: Yes. I'm a huge fan of those and they've been great. And my wife has, is totally on board, which is great. Um, I was a little bit worried because the stream of water that comes out, it isn't um, like a smooth single stream. It's kind of like, you know, 50 tiny little streams around the perimeter of the faucet head. But um, it's, you know, it's worked out fine, no complaints from her or from any guests that have come through. And I mean, it's like we're using, I don't know, I think a quarter or something of the water that we used to use or something, or maybe, yeah, maybe it's like a quarter something like that, so. That's awesome.
1: One thing I'd mention is um, it's more on the electric side of things, but uh, they've changed the laws or the sizing of what your hot water heater can be moving forward. So if your hot water heater goes out, it might not fit the new one that you have to maybe buy but won't necessarily fit in the existing space that you have. I think it's a little bit fatter than the old versions of that. So a lot of people have been talking about moving towards – on-demand hot water heaters. And that, so this ties in with water conservation because I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't want to just get in the shower when it's cold and you have to kind of wait for the water to get hot. And that can take a while depending on how far away your hot water heater is from where you're taking your shower or washing your face in the sink. And so uh, that's just something to consider if you're looking into that type of thing or needing a new hot water heater. There's these on-demand systems that are right next to your bathroom or kitchen area and it'll turn right on the minute you kind of try to turn on the hot water. So you'd be using a lot less water with that. Yeah,
2: I've heard about those and I've heard they're great. for The reason you mentioned, basically you don't have to wait as long for the water to heat up. So are they like these little kind of like miniature tankless systems that you put, say underneath the sink or something like that.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's it just uses maybe electricity or converts it somehow, but the water stream becomes hot as it's going through the water line, and it heats it up right in the water line instead of having to constantly have a hot water heater that's constantly boiling that water if you will to keep it warm for the minute that you happen to want to use hot water so you're saving a lot in electricity as well because you're not paying to keep that water hot all the time and you're not necessarily needing to use it so um it became popular a couple years ago just because of you know the new design standards for buildings and homes and people wanting to have green greener living and so that's something that's kind of interesting to me and if i were building a new house or looking to buy a new house it would always be something that i would like to have so just think about that if you need a new hot water heater (laughs) yeah
2: and one of my brothers installed a tankless system for his whole house and man he was telling me about it and i was just like this is the future i mean i love it It's heat water on demand
1: yeah, and you don't have to worry about leaks either. Like I had a hot water heater that busted. Like the copper pipe just had this tiny little hole in it. And so I didn't even know it till it was like maybe a day later or something. And I just saw the paint spackling kind of falling off of the ceiling because our hot water heater is, you know, on one of the middle levels of the house. And I was like, Huh, what's going on up there? And sure enough, it's just like this little spew of water coming out of the copper pipe. so you wouldn't even like have this pile of water just sitting there, right? Like you would just have this tankless system. It's amazing <laughs>
0: Interesting. they're popular
3: they're popular in um tiny houses because of the they're such a small profile that they can like tuck away behind a little cabinet and they can be run on propane and or electricity, like you said.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're really small. They're just like mm-hmm. a tiny little box. Yeah. I saw them in like a, a wall once and they were mm-hmm. showing me the construction of it. And I was like, huh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's indefinite. Yeah, and a long, take
3: like a hour long shower and it, you'd never run out of hot water.
0: But, we but wouldn't you wouldn't do that, that. But you <laughs>
3: wouldn't because you are saving water. <laughs>
0: yeah, as soon as right I said that, I was like, two minute timer. <laughs> But if you have a family, you don't have to like, okay, we got to wait an hour for yeah. Yeah. the Which next is what time.
3: We've run yeah. into, we don't, we have a small um, water heater because we don't have a bathtub. So we only need, I think ours is 20 liters. I don't know what that is in gallons. Um, and uh, it's, if all four of us take a shower and I've done the dishes, you know, the last person taking a shower kind of notices mm. that, the, that it's not as warm.
0: Sing that song. Get in and out. Yeah. <laughs> last
3: all, oh, when you have a budding teenager, she does not understand. The oh, yeah. The five shower. It's, so it's a little harder. A little harder.
1: <laughs> Depends on if you have to sh- shave your legs or not that yes. day.
3: Yeah. <laughs> or if you're singing a song, she does that. <laughs> she gets in there and starts singing.
0: It gets and then, into it. Yeah. Gets right into <laughs> it.
3: 15 minutes later, you're like banging on the door. <laughs>
0: Um, something sort of related to hot water and, you know, keeping energy, conserving energy as well is just insulate your pipes, especially Mm -hmm. if you're in like cold weather, you can buy foam for God, under a dollar for a strip and, you know, put it around your pipes that are exposed. And, um, especially in the winter, you want to cover up your outdoor spigots to prevent freezing and prevent water from getting, you know, stuck in there. Frozen or whatever. So, um, obviously, you know this if you've owned a home and you've lived in a cold place, or even Texas, we have to do that. Um, but uh, that can cost save you a lot of money if your pipes bust. <laughs> so, um, you yeah, know,
3: we have to do sometimes appears the opposite. They tell you to keep your tap on to keep that. Yeah, constant. You drip it. You have to drip it, or I'll, because we've mm-hmm. had the same thing. Our pipes froze in the middle of March. Um, mm-hmm. 'Cause we're having a very, very cold winter and yeah, so a whole week without water in the house. Oh. That'll that'll learn you how to conserve water, I'll tell you that. Holy cow. <laughs> try to pour plastic bottles in the sink to try to do oh, dishes. No. Yeah. Just go
0: melt the snow, right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, there's snow fleas in there. <laughs> And this is more just on the safety side of things, right? But if we do have some sort of issue where your water line might break or whatever Mm -hmm. and you don't have water to your home, do the best that you can to fill up your tub and you use the hot water because you have hot water sitting in your hot water tank. Mm -hmm. So when you turn on the hot water knob... You will plug the bottom of the tub and you'll have a, you know, a source of water for however many days it can last you. Yeah. We don't have a yeah. tub,
3: but that would be good if you did.
1: <laughs> Get some buckets, girl.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we were planning on we've, That's never happened before. so And it hasn't happened since. So
0: That's something they tell you in preparing for, you know, a weather event or an emergency mm-hmm. is fill your tub up with water and, you know, use that for days. If You you can use that for days if you don't have access um yeah that's something i hope we never have to do but um but yeah also to keep your pipes from freezing open the cabinets turn the heat on you know get expose the pipes to as much heat as you can and hopefully if you drip them and do all those things you don't have to deal with that headache i did i forgot to do that on new year's eve this year and didn't have water for a few days so. oh man not it fun. was chilly
2: this past winter i mean it was my first texas winter but i was surprised
0: yeah it was a little cooler than where we've been used to the last few years but we used to get pretty cold winters but then it started warming up for some reason <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why. um
1: one other thing i wanted to mention really quick was if you are buying any fixtures water fixtures of any sort there's usually a little logo. It's a I think it's an EPA logo that says water sense on it and that'll let you know that it's been rated to have a low flow um, gallons per minute rating. So you can even kind of do research on that, but if you're buying like, a new faucet for your sink or um showerhead, even um, like a new appliances and those types of things like a dishwasher, washing machine, it'll have that that little label on it that'll say water sense. And that'll let you know that you'll be getting something that has the least amount of water usage compared to other brands.
2: Yeah, even toilets yes. so. have them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. So going back outdoors real quick, if you have any pools or any ponds or something that, you know, are exposed, especially in the summer, cover them up to keep them from evaporating and then, Preventing you from having to use them as much, that's uh, another good small thing you can do. Yeah, Anybody brother, have any other?
1: Sorry, oh. my brother lives in San Diego and they deal with drought all the time. I mean, it's just been bad. And, you know, that's where a lot of our food is grown. So mm-hmm. just kind of think about where you're purchasing your food from as well. and um the Strategies that they might be using to water that food because some are a lot more wasteful than others. So, you know, if you go to some of the farmers' markets, especially in Austin, if you have the opportunity, a lot of them are using the hydroponic system, so it recirculates the water and it uses a lot less water than just irrigating the land. So, that's just something to kind of look at and keep in mind.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I um, was just in California last week and um my parents live, although only for one more day. But yeah, I was visiting with some family there as well. And yeah, they were talking about that very thing. I mean, California, Central Valley, just exports crazy amount of food all over the world. Now granted they do have like a freshwater delta system up north, the San Joaquin Delta and stuff like that. But um there are quite a bit of rice um Fields, believe it or not yeah in central california and you're like uh we have them
1: in texas too like we have to release water from our dams per the master wizard water master guy (laughs) and it's because these farmers that are further south are growing wild texas rice and they have water rights and so if we don't let the water out of these dams to get the water to them then they start hollering <laughs> and I'm like, maybe we shouldn't be growing rice in Texas. <laughs> like, I don't know.
2: Exactly right. Yeah. and my brother was reading to me some statistics about um how much water rice uses like per whatever it was, per acre or something like that compared to other crops. And you know, obviously there are parts of the world that get a ton of rain and so they are totally appropriate places to grow rice, but in areas that don't get that same amount of rainfall, like California, Texas, yeah, it's probably not a good idea. So that's a that's a good point. Is that maybe you know it's just good to become educated as to crops that are being grown in you know our region, our state, our province, whatever the case may be. And just you know,
0: there's a a really interesting book that goes over this. We may have talked about this in a previous episode. It's called Cadillac Desert, and it essentially talks about how The West and the Midwest are deserts, and we're forcing them to be these lush green places that grow these crops that shouldn't grow there. And we're essentially depleting the water supply and we're redirecting it from places that need it. And we're kind of ruining, you know, this part of the world just to support agriculture and progress and all that. Um, it's an interesting read if you, you know, you want to learn more about all that and get a little depressed at the same time. But, but I mean, it's, it's stuff we need to talk about and we need to know about because we shouldn't be, you know, lawns, lawns aren't necessary. And, and growing rice in deserts isn't smart. So let's get smart about how we do this and grow the crops that are appropriate and cover crops and, you know, things like that.
1: I will say on a lighter note in California, (laughs) they grow a lot of grapes and it's, for all the wine, you know, countries, and they said true. when they have a drought that um, it actually makes better wine because it doesn't water down the grape. So I guess huh. kind of the more raisiny type that the the grape can get to the the least alo- you know amount of water that's in it is the more flavor that you get in the wine, and it makes better wine. So yeah, interesting.
2: That is a hundred percent true because my <laughs> brother who works in the wine industry told me that very same thing just a few days ago. Um, and I was going to say, Jen, you know, the drink that you were having at the beginning of the show. It's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a little bit
1: of bubbles, just a little bit of champagne. Yeah. I, I had to do a little celebratory drinking today. I had a, had a good day. <laughs> Yay.
2: Post, so I was going to say, I wonder if you should class, expect.
1: Of course, I had to work up for
2: it. That's right. <laughs> Thinking, did we expect Jen to get more loose, uh, looser and more
0: gregarious
2: as the show goes on? Oh,
0: man, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Busted. Know, Anybody right? have anything else they want to throw in or, or talk about while we're talking about water conservation? And I was gonna
3: say, um, an indirect way you could, um, out conserve water is buying uh, secondhand clothes. The clothing, yeah. the fashion industry uses an incredible amount of water to make brand new clothes for washing the dyes and processing the fabric and stuff. So just buying a secondhand pair of jeans, I think saves like almost a hundred liters of 130 liters of water or something
0: like that per pair of jeans. So oh, just the like point. that Yeah. And speaking of clothes, um, when you wash your clothes, wash full loads only. Yes. Same with your dishwasher, um, full loads. Yeah. Full loads on your dishwasher. Because if you're just doing several half loads, the, the water, you know, it's basically using the same amount of water and mm-hmm. energy. Um, and if you can wash it all in, on cold, no, that's not necessarily saving you water, but it's saving you energy. And, um, yeah, it, Keeps your clothes going longer. You know they don't wear out as fast. Um, also, wash your clothes less. You don't have to wash them with every wear. If you didn't wear them that long, if they didn't get dirty, you don't have to wash them. Uh, mm-hmm. And it again keeps your clothes from wearing out. Um, keeps you from spending more money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
2: Pretend, huh? yeah.
0: <laughs> Pretend you're camping, huh? Yeah. Pretend you're camping. Yeah. Just wear it all week. It's fine. <laughs> Turn it inside out. You're, you're good.
2: <laughs> One more thing, I think we talked about it in an earlier broadcast, but a little adapter that you can put on your um, shower uh, between the pipe that comes out of the wall and your shower head, it's this mm-hmm. little adapter that is like a, a pause valve, I think it's called, but you just press a button and it reduces the flow of water to just a trickle. So that when you're shampooing your hair or doing whatever and you're not having to stand underneath the water you just press that little button and a lot of water saved right there
3: that's pretty cool
0: yeah um the only other thing i would add is you know if you're if you're washing dishes by hand or you're doing anything washing your hands brushing your teeth like she said earlier just you don't have to leave the water running the whole time and you don't have to leave it full blast. You know, a lot of people have a tendency to wash dishes with the stream running the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're going to wash by hand, fill up the sink and then rinse on the lowest stream possible, but don't, you know, blast the water and try to soak things so you don't have to run it the whole time. Um, there's just so many little things we can all do to, to minimize water use help the planet and help our pocketbook because we're using less water, mm-hmm. lower bills. So
1: I'd also just like to direct people to take care of There's a ton of helpful tips and tricks for conserving water and uh, conserving energy and all sorts of different things you can do, which also um, shows you how much money you can save on, on your bills.
0: Absolutely. Um, Oh, one more thing. <laughs> bottled water is awful, and if you don't, <laughs> if you have access to, um, you know, clean, healthy water at home, try to drink that. If you you can buy filters to, you know, treat it yourself. If you don't like the way it tastes, um, but you know, bottled water uses plastic. Obviously, it's stored in plastic. Um, it's transported usually from places that need it and we're taking that away. And so it's using energy. Um, it's mis- displacing water. It's just, it's very unnecessary because I, I mean, you can just drink tra- tap water. Um, I drink tap water all the time, but if you're not comfortable with that, again, there's ways to treat it in bulk or, you know, try to just be more conscious of where your water's coming from and not necessarily grabbing a bottle every time.
1: I think it's kind of funny that people think bottled water is actually somehow better for them because like maybe it was like in some like fresh, pristine spring but has never seen any sort of contamination, but that's really not the case. It's literally just the same kind of water you get from your tap, they've just filtered it. So you can buy yeah. filters that do the exact thing and it will save you a ton of money. And it's also a convenience thing. Like I understand that and, you know, it has its purpose um, in certain circumstances, but it shouldn't be the norm. You know, when I go to people's houses and their fridge is just stocked full of bottled water, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, Just get a filter. (laughs) Use the filter on your fridge. Get a Berkey filter, a Brita filter, anything, you know, and it'll make it taste and smell great. And you're drinking tap water anyway, so you'll be saving a lot of money.
0: And get a reusable water bottle or 10, you know, if, if that's the issue, I need to be able to carry it. I mean, those things are so much more durable. They pay for themselves. You can, you know, they, they keep it cold or hot or or whatever's in there, you know? So yeah, there's, there's just so many benefits and I just don't understand buying, paying for water when it comes out of your faucet for free. But
3: yeah, if you have safe drinkable water, yeah, you should, you, you don't need to be buying more
2: water. Yeah, and I was, I was going to say too, um, for people who like the pitcher method, you know, putting the filter in the pitcher and then refilling the pitcher from your tap, um, just to get filtered water. Um, I looked into this last summer and I grew up on Brita using Brita filters in our family. But last summer I was, um, maybe you guys can tell me otherwise. I didn't actually look on Brita's website, but I looked at all of the packaging and I didn't, didn't have any instructions or even mention recycling the filters, whereas the company Pure P U R they state on the box um, that there's you can actually send the filter back to Pure or Pure, however they pronounce it, um, and they'll recycle the filters. So I just wanted to make.
0: That so i I'm, I'm not sure if Brita takes them directly, but I know that they take them through TerraCycle. Um, which is a website where you can sign up to collect a lot of hard to recycle items. And that's one of them. Um, so that's an option or if not go, to, you know, go with a brand that that's easily recyclable. Cause that can be an issue. You're trying to cut back on one thing and then you're impacting the environment in another way. Um, a lot of people will just use charcoal filters too, like pieces of charcoal. Mm-hmm, I haven't looked into how, you know, effective or safe that is so I don't want to endorse that but that's a a more natural option and charcoal breaks down a little easier than plastic and that's a lot of times what's in those filters anyway so Um, but but yeah I would look into that website if you're using Brita and one away and and they like I said have tons of other things you can recycle toothpaste containers and cigarette butts it's it's crazy the things that they'll collect So um so did anyone
2: dot org?
0: Um yeah. that's the site that has the the resources, yeah. uh, and Terracycle.com and is the .com. site that you can recycle a lot of different things on, yeah. Okay. So did anyone have anything else to discuss pertaining to water conservation? Any other exciting
3: uh also change uh Eating less meat, <laughs> eating less animal products also helps with reducing. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think I read mm-hmm. somewhere that the majority of the agriculture um, industry is to feed cows. Mm-hmm. So like all the corn that we grow all around here, <laughs> if you see those cornfields, that's not going to like your H-E-B to buy. That's getting turned into feed for cattle.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: So even if it's just when like um, Instagram has this Meatless Monday hashtag and things like that, even if you cut down one meal, is makes a big difference, and that'll snowball.
0: So absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah, cows are like, or agriculture is the number one use of water, I think, in the world. Right at this point, it's huge yeah. contributor to climate change, but also just sucks up a lot of resources and. But soon we'll have lab-grown meat, so we'll use yeah. less water and less- <laughs> if people can actually stomach that. So we'll see how that goes.
3: Yeah, I don't I'm gonna remember if I them.
1: mentioned it before, but there is this new company called Sunfed Foods. Did we talk about this? They're like using chickpeas and turning it into what tastes like chicken, and everyone loves it. It's this new craze. Of, it's like this company out of Australia, but hopefully they'll have manufacturing uh, worldwide in the future, but they just got started. So, What's it called, keep a look out. I think it was Sun Fed Foods, and apparently, it tastes like chicken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that their motto? Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, everything tastes
0: like chicken because it really doesn't have flavor, right? <laughs> Well, um, that is our show. And if you are listening and you have other ideas or practices that you do, please feel free to share those with us. Um, we'd love to hear what you do to conserve water. And, um, if you have any ideas for future shows, uh, we'd love to hear them. You can find us on, um, iTunes, Stitch- stitcher and Google play and, uh, also on Facebook, Instagram, I'm sorry, not on Instagram, but Facebook and Twitter um, on the Epic Geeky page. Um, we'll be posting these shows there. And then, of course, um, we'll go around and fi- and talk about how we can find all of you guys online. So, Chris, where can we find you? I'm
3: part of the Epic Geeky family. So, Epic Geeky and Marginally Geeky and here and on Instagram at Cedar Birch Cottage. Awesome. Jen?
1: Um. I typically just promote the sentexsustains.org website. It's our local partnership that we have with the cities in Fort Hood, and we have a lot of resources on there. And if you um, have any comments or questions, those go directly to my email. So you can get me at
0: sentexsustains.org. Awesome. Stefan, are you still off the grid? Other than this site.
2: Yes, ma'am. Uh, One of
0: these days we're going to convert him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, can letter, crossed, you can write a letter. You
2: can write a letter. Texas, United States.
0: <laughs> Texas. Um, <laughs> Well, you can find me, of course, here on Sustainably Geeky. I'm also on, um, Epically and Marginally Geeky with Chris. And, um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at het's gonna be me. Um, so, like I said, the show is, uh, part of the Epically Geeky family. So, uh, check out that show if you're interested in geeky topics. Um, and Marginally Geeky is our book club. Um, you can find us on all of the usual social media channels through that. With that, uh, we'd like to thank you for listening. Have a good night.
3: This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky
2: Network.